On this episode of the Trade Busters podcast, we're going to be taking a deep dive into my SPY 45 DTE income strategy. Now, before we start, just a quick disclaimer, I am not a financial advisor and everything in this episode is for informational purposes and not to be construed as financial advice. Now, the reason I want to go over this strategy, this was in fact of the three income strategies that I post. Um, this was actually the third one that I developed. And I'm going to be referring to my strategy page where there's the mechanics and the trade logs. So you can find that at my trading page. You go to www.thetradebusters.com and look for the link that will take you to the strategy page for the SPY 45DT income strategy. So we're going to take a look at the entry mechanics, the exit mechanics, some of the rationale behind um, those rules and take a look at the uh, trade log and graph of this year so far and also a recent development that I have been working on and I added a new tab called the capital efficiency study where we're going to go over some of the nuances and trade-offs of sizing this trade. So this strategy is meant to be a mechanical income strategy that's executed every day and uses the same uh, kind of entry criteria and mechanics um, for every single position. So as the name suggests, we're going to be using SPY um, and we're going to be selling put options. And uh, the entry is every single day. Now, because we are going to be entering uh, at closest to 45 DTE, so that's one of the entry criteria, uh, this is a longer data strategy. And in fact, this is probably the closest to a sort of quintessential uh, kind of tasty trade approach. Uh, the mechanics of managing are a little bit different, but uh, we're in that uh, sweet spot of the theta decay curve from 45 DTE down to 21 DTE. And I am entering every single day. This is a way to maximize the occurrences and smooth out um, sort of the volatility of the strategy. And I understand that for that reason, there's a little bit of constraint on who can run this due to capital requirements, because you can imagine um, putting on like an SPY every single day, that the buying power requirement does kind of add up. Uh, of course, an alternative is to use futures to get some margin relief, uh, but there's a bit of a drawback with that because as far as I know, I don't think you can set a GTC stop order. And um, again, with futures, capital efficiency is great, but it's not a license to go crazy with the leverage. You need to understand the notional exposure and just don't trade too large. So we're entering every single day closest to 45 DTE. So if you look at my trade log, you'll see I have like, no, for example, right now, a number of positions expiring on August 13th, and then I have some of them expiring on August 20th, and then some on the 27th. So closest to 45 DT, typically what I do is I will go to uh, find the four, closest to 45 DT, and I'll use that same expiration until the next further one out goes to, because the next further one out will probably be like 50 or 55, and that's going to go down. Um, uh, closer to 45 DT. So once the one you're looking at goes down to like 37, you know, it's like eight days away. Um, and the next one is like 50, so only five days away. So there's a little bit of flexibility there. And the delta cap is five. I don't go over five delta. Now the heuristic for picking the sizing um, as far as how to size the trade in terms of the credit collected, because you want to collect the same amount of premium for every trade and how to choose you know, sometimes you're in between strikes or different deltas and you can adjust the contract size. The heuristic for the exact um, selection is going to be the same as what I do for the 7DT strategy. So please go back to, um, I believe it is episode two of the podcast 
to um, listen to how I kind of pick exactly the sizing and contract size. But the key is that you don't go over five delta on this one. Now the exit mechanics for this is simply to do a bracket order. So there's a profit take and there is a stop loss. So um, the profit take is I was doing 50% max profit. So if you sold it for a dollar, you take it up by 50 cents. I am now doing 60% max profit. So if you sold it at a dollar, you'll take it up at 40 cents. And I'll get into that in a little bit. And it's a stop loss 2x. Uh, so 200% stop loss. If you collected a dollar, the stop triggers at three. Um, now, if you have not gotten out at the profit target or the stop loss, the last mechanic is to exit at 21 DTE no matter what. Okay, win or lose, you get out at 21 DTE. And the reason for these is, first of all, the, the time range, 45 DTE down to 21. Uh, anyone who's followed Tasty Trade knows this is sort of a sweet spot in which the theta starts kicking. You get some of that time decay. Um, but as you get closer to expiration, you know, the data picks up, which is good, but your gamma risk starts to increase. Okay, so this is why we get out of 21 days. We don't want to be in a position so close to expiration that a sudden move is going to incur a large loss, right? So uh, with this strategy, um, to contrast with my other two, my other two strategies, if you look at the trade logs, you will see that occasionally I do get gapped past the 2x stop loss. With this strategy, the 45 day strategy, it's very, very hard to get gap past the 2x loss because the gamma is so low. Um, now, with further data options, you do have more Vega risk, so you can get stopped out due volatility increase. But again, it is rare that you will get stopped over the 2x stop loss. If you look at last year's trade log, in fact, only a couple of times that it got stopped out above 2x was you know, the circuit breaker days during COVID when we open up, you know, six, seven percent, you know, below the previous close. And that had like a four X loss, but it's very rare. Look at this year, all the losses were within two X, about you know, 2.1 from slippage, maybe. Um, but other than that, this trade is uh, and that's the other reason I want to do this one before the my two to three DT, because this strategy, in fact, is from that aspect that the safest, if you will, of my three strategies in terms of being able to control the risk. Now, caveat. Controlling the risk from a mechanic standpoint. If you go crazy with the sizing, it's still you know gonna put a big ding in your in your account if, if you hit a stop at all of them all at once, right? Now, with the fact that you're entering position every day, uh, you know, people talk about this and ask about yes, you are gonna be overlapping positions, right? The idea is to have a book, as I call, of overlapping positions. And because you're um, entering at various times you're basically going to have um, what's called, uh, you're gonna spread out the risk in terms of the, the DTE, the exact expiration. You're gonna be entering at different points as the market moves around. And that's basically what we want, okay? So, you know, you're gonna get some where you, sure, you'll, you'll be at some point where you get in and the market goes down and you're you know, underwater for a bit, but you're gonna have some where you get in right at the market bottoms and you exit you know, after a day or two. And so the idea is that you're maximizing currencies and really smoothing out the volatility. Now, if you look at my trade logs um, for this year, I have a metric on here, which is the average time in trade. And that's about 11 at this moment. So, you know, if you look at 45 days down to 21 days, there's 24 days there maximum that you'll be in the trade. But it doesn't mean you're going to have a... Uh, potential full book of 24 positions because 
you know, every week there's only five days where you can put on a trade anyway. So um, you're only going to add five positions a week at most. So the way I look at it is uh, your maximum book size, if you will, if you take 24 days, you know, divided by seven to see how many weeks and you multiply by five, you get 17. So the average book size is about 17. And again, you're not going to have always the maximum book size because you're going to have some that are stopped out as a loser. You're going to take some winners. And now we look at this average time in trade. So right now this year, the average time in trade for me has been 11 days. Okay. So if you take 11 days and again, we do this exercise, we divide by seven for the number of weeks. So 1.57 weeks and multiply by five, you get 7.8. It means on average, I have 7.8 positions. Okay. Sometimes above, sometimes it's below. And the reason why this is important, it gives you an idea of your average buying power or margin utilization in steady state. Now, I want to contrast a couple of things. When you're sizing this trade, you should probably size it for a full book, which is 70 positions. And then, you know, based on the credit collected per position, 2x loss, you know, 17 times 2x of the credit. That's kind of the maximum loss under normal circumstances that you want to budget for. And that's how you set your risk tolerance. But at the 50% winner, you can see my average book size is 11, meaning the average, um, sorry, average time in trade is 11, meaning the average book size is 7.8. And that kind of defines your uh, average margin utilization. So when I'm calculating the capital efficiency on this, I'm taking the profit or expectancy over a given year, and I am using 7.8 positions worth of margin as the denominator okay and again i'm running this on portfolio margin so the average buying power requirement for each contract is about eight to nine percent of the notional value so for example if you're doing a 365 strike put the notional value is thirty-six thousand five hundred, and i use you know nine percent it's going to be about hold on a second thirty-six thousand five hundred notional times nine percent it's about three thousand two hundred dollars of margin per contract um so that's how you kind of assess the margin uh capital efficiency now this year so far uh this trade has had a you know about a 94.7 percent win rate which is very high but i do want to point out one thing with the my other two strategies you know we're we're when we do the stop loss we're defining the risk where we're setting the win loss ratio that normally we like two to one in this strategy with a 50 percent um target it's actually four to one right because when you win you win half of the credit but when you lose you lose twice the credit so with risk four to make one you actually need an 80 percent win rate just to break even okay and this year we're at 94.7 percent and you can see my premium catcher here's 37.3 which is quite high. Um, usually I talk about 25%. And I think I figured this strategy for about 30% in the long term. Now, so that that's really it for the strategy. But I want to look at a, a little bit of research that I did recently. So this is kind of a new piece of research, which is the capital efficiency um, study that I did. And what I did was I went into eDelta Pro and I back tested this exact strategy the way I've run it from 2016 to 2021, but July 2021, so it's five and a half years. But I wanted to look at different levels of profit taking. So I just set it at you know 10%, 20%, 30%, all the way up to 90%, and then no profit target at all. So I'm going to refer to this table here, and we can see that, uh, as expected, the win rate for 
you know, uh, 10% profit target is very high, it's 95%. And as you get down to no profit target, uh, it starts dropping and drops from 94 to 94, uh, 95 to 94, 92, all the way down to 86%. So actually still very high win rate. Now, there's two more columns, the average win and average loss, okay? I want to point out something. I went into the trade log from eDelta Pro because eDelta Pro did a fixed single contract study, but that's going to vary the... Um, and then I can't vary the delta, right? So it's a fixed five delta, fixed one contract. So the credit collector per trade is going to vary. I went ahead and normalized everything and I anchored it to, I just took an arbitrary, I want to collect $500 per contract. So I, I massaged the data to normalize everything. And this average win and average loss is now with respect to the credit collected. Okay. So for example, if we look at the 10% profit target, the 0.23 average win means on average your win size is equal to 0.23 of your um, of your credit, and then the average loss size is 2.19. Uh, and this is just because I think some losses were maybe due to slippage or something slightly higher, so it, it's uh, slightly over two, which is which is reasonable. But but here's the important thing: you can see that the risk reward ratio is nine to five right because we're taking the average loss and dividing by the average one so nine to five so pretty bad it's almost like 10 you know 10 losers for for one winner average days in trade is very short um which is good right um but the premium capture ratio so the premium capture is calculated based from the win rate the average win and average loss that's just a normal expectancy um calculation so you can see that the, so i did something called a i wanted to normalize everything so I took the premium capture rate and divided by the time and trade to sort of get this capital efficiency ratio. Because what you'll see is as we increase the profit target, we're increasing the average win size and we're increasing the premium capture, but we're also increasing the time and trade. And remember, the time and trade is what translates to the average book size, which is how much margin you can use in steady state. And on here, I have also the Kelly ratio which is a measure of the information edge and the strategy. Generally, the higher, the better. Um, and then just for context, I have the raw dollar amount of the PL per contract, per one contract traded. This is directly from ETL to Pro. There's no manipulation here. Um, so as we go down the table, you're gonna kind of start seeing the trend. Uh, win rate starts going down. Average win size starts going up. Average loss size actually stays about the same. You can see towards the end, that the average loss size actually starts going down. Um, I, I think the reason is because when you don't have a profit target or you start taking a later target, you actually start getting some entries that make it a 21 DTE and close out, you know, at a partial win or a partial loss. This is rare with the 10% the target, for example, obviously. Um, the risk reward actually, uh, you know, by design improves, right? You can see the risk reward ratio is getting lower because your win size is starting to be higher relative to the loss size. Average days in trade increases premium capture increases as you go down and then the capital efficiency ratio so this is interesting there is a bit of an inflection uh, towards the middle it's it's highest and then towards the around once about 60 percent uh profit take it starts rounding the corner and going down again uh kelly ratio also seems to have an inflection in the middle and then the PL per contract goes up so this is one of those really good examples of when you're designing a strategy there isn't any one metric that's going to tell the whole story. 
you really need to focus on what's important to you, right? If for some reason you just want to have a high frequency of winners, you don't want to have a big book size, you know, do 10%. Um, you're going to make money and it's actually a pretty good capture. Uh, well, premium capture rate honestly isn't that great, but the, you can see that there's a pretty high capital efficiency ratio just because you're holding such short term um, in the trade, right? Now, in the middle here, as you go up to 40 and 50 percent, where I was at, right, you get a premium capture of 30 percent, which is actually, I'm not surprised. That's about what I figured. Um, you get, the, and this is this is the magic of math. Look at this at 50 percent average time trade 11 days. This is over five and a half year study, and it's exactly what I got in 2021, right? So that really, for me, gives a lot of conviction because it shows that this strategy and expectancy really plays out. The math does not lie okay um now as we push past and and i told you earlier i have changed to 60 percent for the profit target and the reason is because it looks like you get a slight pop in the uh capture rate you get a slight pop in the kelly ratio um the risk reward goes you know improves a little bit and the capital efficiency ratio does go down slightly but it's close right because you go from 11 days to 14 days right with 14 days in trade we run our little heuristic again we divide by seven and then multiply by five you can get average 10 position 10 position average book size um so that's kind of how you figure and steady state how much uh buying power you're going to use now if buying power were not really a constraint and you want to just allocate your account to, or some portion of your account to the strategy and you want to just maximize the PL. like honestly you could go to 80 percent right so and here's the thing you can see that at 80 90 and basically no profit target the rate at which the PL increases it starts plateauing right the kelly ratio basically is flat the capture rate is basically flat the capital efficiency actually goes down because your time and trade goes up so this is telling you that if you want really wanted to push this okay go to 80 percent there's no need to go to 90 or you know hold it all the way until the 21 because at, at at no profit target you're still closing at 21 days but you're going to basically hold them until the the 21 days to expiration and you can see the time and trade is not quite 24 it is 22 because there are apparently some um actually you know what i don't know what's that i would expect to be about 23 24 oh okay it's because of stops some of them are stopped out which is why not every trade makes it to 24 days otherwise if there were no stops you would just have 24 days 24 days in trade but this is telling you that if you want to just to maximize pnl go to 80 percent. there's no need to go to 90 or no profit target simply because you're the, the marginal improvement is just not there right you might as well save your capital and be a little bit more efficient so i i think for me i i really enjoyed doing this study and i got a lot qualitatively out of this and i think uh you know when you guys do back testing this is the kind of thing that you should look for right don't just look for the win rate but most people look for the win rate and the dollar amount right of course you got to look at the graph look at the drawdowns look at the characteristics sometimes look at different years and see if some year and, and you know some years are worse some years are better um and but long term like it's, it's this was a really interesting one because you can see in each category it's almost like the top metric in that category is different 
for each one, um, right? Some of them, the low profit target is good. Some of them, the high profit target is good. So um, anyways, that's it for the um, SPY 45 DTE income strategy. Um, I think we can take a quick look. Uh, I went over my trade log. Um, you can see the PL graph also for this year. Um, very smooth line. Uh, it, it had you know, five stops back in late January of 2021 and a couple stops in you know 20 in May but otherwise pretty much uh, a straight line up it's uh, you know 94% run rate really smooth and you know it does take a little bit more buying power some people have asked about can I do only three trades a day or two trades a day or four trades a day yes you can always do you know reduce the number of occurrences the idea is to be consistent, but I think for a strategy like this, really is just maximizing the number of occurrences will smooth out the volatility. And then take a look at the capital efficiency study and kind of figure out where on that curve you want to be, depending on what your goals with the strategy are. Um, so, so that's it. Uh, if you didn't catch this earlier, you can take a look at the strategy page. Go to my trade page at www.thetradebusters.com and click the link for the SPY 45DT income strategy to see the mechanics notes, the study I did, the trade log, the graphs. Um, of course, you can also follow me on Twitter at the Trade Buster. And uh, that's it for today. Catch you next time.